0: Hey everybody, welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. I'm Jeff Antoniak and I want to talk about what key are we in anyway? This is a big, big question. And now, I work with adult amateurs. If you see any of these videos, you know those are the people that I've dedicated the last 20 years to teaching. Um, I just finished up two weeks of Maryland Summer Jazz, the jazz camp that I am artistic director of. We do it the last two weeks of July, and we had people coming from all over the world, adult people, to study this music. And some of these folks are like semi-pro level. Others are still putting it together for themselves. But this is a question that kept coming up at Maryland Summer Jazz, and of course, I see it in my regular work and my regular teaching too, of course, at Jazzwire as well, is We see some chord changes and it's hard sometimes to tell what key we're in. Sometimes it's a little maybe obtuse, the composer was being a little clever. But I think very often we're just sort of missing some basics about what's going on. And this is so important. That's like being involved in a conversation and you're not quite sure what you're talking about. That's uncomfortable. You're likely to make a fool of yourself and probably four or five other things I can't think of right now. But yeah, yeah. You don't want that. You want to know the topic of conversation. The clearer it is and the better you know the topic of conversation, the better things are going to go for you and that poor person you're speaking to, right? Okay. Let's look at this sheet. What I have here are a number of classic chord progressions. And the question is, what key are we in? So if we look at item number one, I've identified it right there, a two-five-one progression in the key of C. So this is something, this is a big developmental thing that I was actually talking about in Jazzwire in the lesson I did for the green community this week, is I want those people to start identifying a 251 when they see them. So not just endless chords going by, but which of those chords get clumped together. Which of those are actually a topic of conversation? I don't want you just hearing endless words going by your ears. I want you to understand, oh, those words made a sentence and the topic of that sentence was such and such. It's a much different experience than just hearing sounds, right? When I listen to somebody speaking Swahili, that's what I hear, sounds. I'm not understanding the words. I don't know the topic. Okay, so I want to know exactly what's going on here. So if we can see D minor 7, G7, C major 7. That 2 five, one progression is a thing. Are we in the key of D minor? Because that's the first chord. We are not. We are not in the key of G7. We're in the key of C. Now, how would you know that, right? That's one of those big questions where a novice getting to a higher level just doesn't have that experience or doesn't have that knowledge. Well, that's one of the things we're here talking about. And certainly, green community folks at Jazzwire, that's what they're talking about. By the way, thank you for asking about the t-shirt. Got the cool new uh, Jazzwire t-shirts that I gave to all the Jazzwire people that attended Maryland Summer Jazz last week. Fantastic. We had 25 people come from around the world, uh, Jazzwire members, to Maryland Summer Jazz. It was (laughs) the the best fun to have all these people that we work so intensely with online to meet in the real world. It was very, very hip. Anyway, um, this idea of grouping these chords together. So we want to see that D minor, G7, C major 7 is a unit. And now, uh, I, there are past Digging Deeper videos on the two five one progression. We can talk about why this is. Why are they a unit? Well, there's, there's science behind it. But for right now, we'll just sort of go along with that. Now, let's go on to item number two. And this is one of my favorite tunes, How My Heart Sings. And I actually recorded it and released it two weeks ago on my new album. And these are the chords for the first number of measures. The, the original song is in three-four. We recorded it with my band in five-four, just for the hell of it. Now, wow, there's a lot of chords here. And what key are we in? Are we in E? Are we in A? Are the first three chords a two-five-one in D? It's hard to know, right? Because we have this root motion of a fourth. So maybe some of you see E to A. E minor 7 to A7 is a fourth. A minor to D minor is a fourth. D minor to G7 is a fourth. G7 to C is a fourth. C to F major 7 is a fourth. F to B half diminished is an augmented fourth. B to e. So it's kind of the circle of fourths. So what key are we in? right? That's the question. And for a while as a younger improviser, I didn't know. And so I was really adrift. And I definitely hear this question from actually good players who I would think to get as good as you are, you would know this. And then I'm sometimes surprised to find out like, oh, wow, okay, this is, this is a good topic of discussion. So when we look at this progression how do we know what we're gonna call home base? Which of those many chords is the one chord? That's where we're headed to. How do we know that? What do you think? What I would say is the dominant chord, the quality of the chords is what tells us. And dominant chords often are pointing. They're a five chord. That's how you know old school traditional harmony works. The dominant chord points us towards a one chord. So I would say we're not an E minor or A or D minor here. I would say the first three chords are not a two, five, one, E A, D. Not a two, five, one, because the quality of the chords are wrong. If you look at item number one again, a two-five one in a major key, such as this is, is minor, and then the five chord is dominant. The one chord is major. The quality of the chords is important. That's the biggest thing that you're gonna learn here. So when we go to item number two, there's no dominant chord there. So I would say that whatever those first three chords are, we're not in that key, in any of those keys, and I would say we're not quite close to home yet. I would suggest that when we see that G7 in the fourth measure, that's telling us we might be close to home. Personally, I would say that the G7 to C major in measures four and five, that's the five one. So the way I would analyze those chords is E minor is a three chord, A minor is a six, D minor is a two, G7 is a five, C major is a one. So that progression starts kind of far from home. Three, six, two, five, it takes a while to get back to one. So I do know uh, really good musicians who would say, yeah, let's play that tune in E minor. And I would go, it, the song's not even in minor. Like, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. The song's not even a minor song. What do you mean E minor? Oh, it starts in E minor. Those are two really different things. Um, and someone that really understands the harmony would not say this is in E minor. This, this progression is going to C major. And then I would say it progresses past C major. When we go to F, I would stay, say we're still in C, and we've now gone to our four chord. All right, so this is a lot to be talking about, right? And again, I'm going to tell you that's what we do at Jazzwire. This video may flip, flip on some lights, but to be able to dig in and have conversations about this stuff with 100 people and over and over throughout the day, throughout the week, over and over, that is where you start moving ahead. I really want you to check out JazzWire. And um, I'll just tell you right now use the code DIGGINGSPRING. We've been extending this code for digging deeper watchers, and I'm not sure when that's going to stop. So jump on it now. Use the code DIGGINGSPRING. Save $50 off your enrollment. Okay, so if we get back to this, um, it's, you know, it's a little tricky. Does it fit into a 15 minute video? But the idea is the quality of the chord matters. Is it major? Is it minor? Is it dominant? So if we look towards the end of item number two, I see another dominant chord, E7 flat nine. And yes, it goes to its one chord. So I would say the last three measures of that line are actually a 2-5-1 in A minor. So I would say that whole line, second line, or line number two I should say, is this big long progression that leads us to the key of C major, and then we modulate into the key of A minor. How did I know that from all that big C of chords? Because of the quality of the chords. So, frankly, I would circle the one, two, three, four, five, six. I would circle the first six measures and say, we are in C. Then I would circle the next three measures and say, and now we go to A minor. So, I was able to take those nine chords, I think it is. And put them into two basic topics of conversation. Pretty basic keys too. How do you get to that level? I'm not going to say it again. You have to work over and over and over analyzing songs with someone that knows what they're doing. That's how you learn how to do your job. Whatever it is you do in the real world. By doing it over and over and over. The better the guidance, the quicker you got there. And lo and behold, you got very good at your job. Right? That's what we're doing here. Let's go on to item number three. These are the chords to All the Things You Are, probably one of the most played songs in a jazz style. It wasn't a jazz song, but Charlie Parker and so many more helped make this into a jazz tune. Again, are we in F minor? Definitely not. Are the first three chords of item number three a two, five, one, and E flat? F being the two, B flat being the five, E flat being the one. No, I would say not, because the qualities are wrong. We should be looking for minor dominant major, if we're in a major key, and I'll tell you that we are. So where do we see that on the sheet here? Well, we see it from the second, third, and fourth measure. So I would say the progression is in the key of A flat. So I would say that we start... All the things you are, the first chord of all the things you are starts on a six chord and then goes to a two and then to a five and then to a one and then to the four chord. The D flat is a four chord. So we start again far away from home, get to our key of A flat and continue past that stop onto D flat major. That's pretty mind blowing, right? If you haven't thought about things this way, this is a big paradigm shift. And it's an important one. This isn't just inside stuff that's fancy to talk about at, at theory cocktail parties. I don't know if you go to those. I've never been to one. Not sure if it would be interesting or boring. Um, so, yeah, that's be, being able to see this stuff is important. Now, what happens later in line three? Now I see a two, five, one to C major. Okay, so when I'm playing this first eight measures of all the things you are, I'm circling the first one, two, three, four, five measures and thinking I'm in A-flat major. And then the next three measures in C major. Those are the topics of conversation. What key are we in? That's what the video's about. What key are we in? This helps us take those eight or nine really different chords and put them into two big pieces. This is one of the biggest things you can do: is start I start taking a macro view of the course, looking, you know, from above, and you can really see what's going on. Instead of worrying about every tree in the forest, you go above it and see. Oh, I can get out of the forest right there, or I see what's going on. Or, There's the waterfall I was looking for. I'm going hiking next week in the Canadian Rockies, so I'm going to use a lot of uh, hiking <laughs> uh, metaphors and things like that. Can't wait. Um, so yes, so, so important. All right, let's look at the last line. Another example. This one's harder, I would say. So this is measures 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 of a great song called Yesterdays. I like using this song as an example. And so what we see are all these dominant chords in a row. So remember my advice was look for minor dominant major. And there's a chance you're gonna see a 2 five, one I'd say that is a 2 5 one. So now we have chords that are moving by fourth, A7 to D7 to G7 to C7 to F7 to B-flat major. So this is interesting and tricky. Are we in A, are we in D, are we in G, are we in C? Uh, and the answer is, it's a little, uh, it, it could go different ways. And, and so maybe I can play an example for you coming up. I would say this whole thing is leading to B-flat major, the last chord. I see an F13, an F7 chord, moving to B-flat major. I would say all those chords move to B-flat, fair enough. Are all those chords in the key of B-flat? They are not. There's a lot of those chords that are way outside the key of B-flat. So this is interesting. So does that mean it's atonal, we don't have a key signature? um maybe uh to me all those chords are like links in a chain and so they connect so perfectly that a7 moves so nicely to the d7 moves so nicely to the g7 but none of them are our goal we have this end of the chain we have that end of the chain and then all these links that connect but none of them are sort of the special place those links in the middle of the chain the beginning and the end, maybe, are the special place, right? So, um, so in that example, uh, we're not in a given key. So, one approach is we have to play each of those chords as their own thing. So, that is a cool way to do it. So, maybe what I'll do is play that little section of chords and I'll play each one as its own thing. So, maybe I'll play you know a simple little lick on each chord so it, they really do sound. Like links on the same chain. So I played a little, simple little lick on each of those. So it was very repetitive, yes, it was, just like links are repetitive, and made my way through. So perhaps I could make my links a little less uniform. So I'm still going to play each chord as its own thing. I'm not thinking I'm in the key of B flat yet. So let me give that a try. So there, I played a line that went through each of those chords. I'm trying to play simply so that you can sort of hear it without accompaniment. Um, So I played through each of those chords, treating them each as their own thing. That's difficult to do because my topic of conversation moves around a little bit from chord to chord. So that's one of the things I did. Now, here's where it gets kind of interesting that at a higher level, you can pick and choose what you want to highlight. So I may decide that I want the first chord to be a tension and relax into the second chord. Because they're they're, they're so uniform on their own, I can decide. I want this to be different than this. So here, this time, I'm going to play a tension on the first chord and resolve it to the second chord. I'm going to pretend it's a 5-1. So on the A, I'm going to make tension. On the D7, I'm going to resolve Then on the G dominant, I'm going to create a tension like it's a five chord and resolve to the C. Then on the F, I'm going to create tension and resolve. So that's arbitrary. That's not inside these changes, but these changes leave it open for interpretation. It's like abstract art, expressionist art, where I can choose to see something one way or the other. And lots of times the artist doesn't really care. However you want to see it is cool by me. So let me see if I can play it for you in a way where you're hearing tension release, tension release, tension release. the way, if you want this PDF, please write me at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com and we'd be happy to get it off to you. So what you heard there is me was me playing, treating the first measure as a tension, the second as a release, even though that's not necessarily what the composer meant. Tension, release, tension, release. So the cool thing is I could go back and do tension, tension, release, tension, release. I could mix and match those dominant chords allow me to interpret them in different ways. So for the pros out there, for the grad students out there, for the people at uh, Berkeley and USC and North Texas out there, now all of a sudden playing this tune, those measures, those dominant chords in a row, it's wide open to how you interpret them. But here's the thing, you have to sell the audience on it. I can give you the line from a script and it could be read as funny, as angry, as sad, and 10 other emotions in the hands of a great actor, right? It's up to the actor to make you believe it that way. So this is interesting, right? So now you have to play, improvise in a way to make the audience understand, I just said tension and release. So that gets pretty cool. So we started off this video as can you find a 251? Can you identify that? Talking about the, the basics of chord qualities being so important, and ended up here a challenge for any pro out there. So that is how this basic knowledge goes. It starts basic, but if you do it correctly, you get to amazing, like high-end, pro-level, super artistic decision kind of places. So it's really exciting. This definitely is one of those things that I hope some light bulbs went on, but it's a hard thing to do without guidance because it's so easy to go astray and to think you know where it's at and not quite, right? So that's why I wanna see you at Jazzwire. I would love to work with you there. You'll send me a couple recordings, and so that's how people get into Jazzwire. Every one of the hundreds of people that have come to Jazzwire send in two recordings. I evaluate your playing. I listen to you. I get to know your playing. I just don't, I don't want just people posting who I don't know. I want to know everyone's playing. I let you know where you're at. It's not a scary process. And then um, I give you a practice plan based on that. Why would I do a playing evaluation? Because I want to let you know how to get better. And not just random people. I want to let you know how to get better. What is the one or two things you can do to get so much better quicker? So that's how you come into Jazzwire. And then everyone in there, I know they're playing intimately because everyone's playing. I've listened to, and I listen to their playing regularly. It's a blast and it's how you are going to finally get moving ahead. So I hope we'll see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love to send the PDF to you. And uh, I would love to see some comments on if this kind of got some uh, things stirring for you. I'm sure it did. Thanks so much. See you next time.